Good morning. No? There we go. Okay. Try it again. Good morning. All right. We are having some technical difficulty. Just uh, move back, but uh, hopefully it doesn't go out mid-preaching. And if it does, I'll just uh, move closer, and you guys will be in the splash zone this morning, okay? Um, we are in week three of our series that we have entitled Asking for a Friend. And in this series, we're trying to ask questions that uh, non-believers might have of Christianity, but also questions that even Christians might have. And so sometimes, right, when we're maybe embarrassed to ask a question for ourselves, we'll say, hey, I'm asking for a friend. And that's kind of the, the gist behind the name of our series. If you have a Bible with you, go to Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11 today, just to find out for myself uh, a popular question. Uh, how many of you, and maybe you raise your hand, maybe you don't, how many of you, you've ever felt overwhelmed with life? Okay, all right. You, you feel like there's too much going on, you feel stressed, you just feel overwhelmed, right? You feel busy, okay? What's funny today is if you ask somebody that question like, hey, how are you doing? A very common answer in our society is what? is busy, right? How many of you have ever been guilty of saying busy? Busy, oh, going through a busy time, busy at work, busy at home, busy, 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 right? And that is a, a common answer in our culture, especially in our city, right? It's almost as if it's become acceptable, it's become more normal to say you're busy instead of I'm doing well, right? We're just kind of like, oh, you're busy, oh, okay, great. That means you're, you're, you're doing something, you're, you're doing well, but you know what, that's, I, I think there's a problem here with us being, hey, we're just, we're busy, right? It's because it's become more common to say I'm busy, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, and we do life in that rhythm where we're busy and we're overwhelmed as opposed to the rhythm where we don't have to be that way. That's not how God designed us to be. And so if you feel overwhelmed this morning, if you feel like there's too much going on in your life, if you, you feel like you're at the tipping point, you feel like, hey, there's, if there's one more thing that happens, it's going to put me in the loony bin, then maybe today's message is going to speak to you. We're going to start off with a story of Moses in the Old Testament. And if, if you look at the life of Moses, you're going to see more than one time Moses felt overwhelmed. There was at least more than one time he felt overwhelmed, like there was just too much going on. And this story that we're going to look at this morning really ministers to me in a lot of different ways. Moses was leading, some scholars say, as many as two million people through the desert at one time. And in this story here, uh, they were crying out. They were tired of the manna. They were sick and tired of the manna. And what was manna? It was like this bread from heaven that God was providing for them. Because, again, they're in the middle of the desert. What can you eat in the middle of the desert? Nothing. Right, And so God's providing for them, but they're tired of it. And so they beg God, they plead with God, and actually kind of demand God to give them some meat to eat. Numbers chapter 11, verse 13 through 34, it'll come up on the screen. Where can I get meat for all of these people, Moses asked God. They keep what? Wailing at me. Right? They're wailing at me, saying what? Give us what? Give us meat to eat. Verse 14, you can hear the frustration kind of come out here. Give us meat to eat. It says then that Moses said, if you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. No, just kidding, right? Now, some of you got that. Some of you are like, I have no idea what that was. That was a reference to Pink Floyd. Sorry. Um, if you don't know, sorry. 
Listen, but what he really said was, I can't carry all these people by myself, right? I can't carry these people all by myself. The burden is too what? Heavy for me. It's too much, right? It's too much. I can't go on. I'm just overwhelmed. I can't do it anymore. There's just too much. I can't carry everybody else's burden plus my own. Because you have to imagine, right, Moses has problems of his own. Just like you have problems of your own, spiritual leaders have problems of their own too. And so nobody is designed to carry everybody's problems all by themselves. And so Moses says, hey, I, I can't carry. It's too much, too much for me to handle. Now, as soon as you say something like this, like Moses said this, as soon as you say something like this, here's the danger. Some well-meaning Christian is going to come alongside of you and say, hey, no, 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 it's, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Miss Linda, God will never give you more than you can handle. He'll never give you more than you can handle. It's going to be okay. You can get through this. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. You can get through it. Because why? Because God will never, ever give you more than you can handle. You'll see that espoused all over social media and encouragement cards. Well-meaning Christians will say, God will never give you more than you can handle. But is that true? Our question that we're going to try and answer today is this. Is does God really not give us more than we can handle? If it is, I'm going to tell you right up front, the answer is that's wrong. That is completely wrong. That is a false belief. It is a lie from the pit of hell. I believe it. And more people, I feel like, have been suffering spiritually because they believe that lie. Chances are very good. Most people are misquoting another very important verse in Scripture. And we actually studied this important verse of Scripture a few weeks ago. And that's, it's going to help us answer this question. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 is the verse that a lot of people are trying to quote. So if you want to bounce over there and then bounce back to the Old Testament, you can. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, they're trying to quote this verse, but they're missing it by a football field. Right? The Apostle Paul, he said this about God. He said, you need to remember that God is what? He's always faithful. God will not let you be what? Would you say it out loud with me? He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, God will also provide a way out. So scripture never says that God will not give us more than we can handle. Scripture says that God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. There is a complete difference between the two things. These are not the same things, right? These are completely different things. Listen, what God says is that no matter what Satan throws at you, no matter what temptation he tries to bring your way, no matter how he tries to drag you down and destroy your life, God is always going to give you an escape route every single time. We studied this a few weeks ago, right? See, what people should say is when somebody's about to sin or when they're about to sin is they should remind themselves, hey, no, 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 God is going to provide a way out here, right? Even though it looks like I'm surrounded by this temptation, I, I have no choice but to sin, God, I know, is never going to let me be tempted beyond what I can bear. There's always an escape route. How do I know that? Because God is always faithful. God is always faithful. He's always going to give you a way to escape Satan's temptations. And so the truth is, when we're talking about the burdens in life, is this. God will oftentimes give you far more than you can handle. Now, you came here this morning not hoping to hear that, but that's the truth. That is the reality. God will give you far more than you can handle on your own. If you're taking notes, we're going to call this the joy of having more. Now, some of you are like, the joy? I think you got your word. No, it's the joy of having more. Prayerfully, by the end, you'll understand this. 
God will oftentimes give us more than we can handle. Now, why would God do that? Some of you, you hear that and you go, that just sounds cruel. God has the ability to limit what you can handle, and it seems cruel that he has the ability, yet he doesn't do it. He doesn't limit what you can handle. It seems cruel, but why would God depend do this? Here's why. Because God's goal is to teach you to depend on something other than yourself. God wants to teach you to depend on something other than yourself. God is going to, de- going to lead you to depend on him instead of you. That, my friend, is actually a blessing. It's not a curse. See, it's a blessing whenever God leads you to trust in the giver and not the gift. That right there is always a blessing. The false belief of God will never give you more than you can handle, what that basically tells you is this. Here's what this tells you. If you actually believe that God will never give me more than I can handle, what it means is when I'm having a bad season in my life and I'm at the breaking point and I'm breaking and I'm feeling crushed, then what it's telling me is that I'm just not very strong. And if God is not giving me more than I can handle and then I'm breaking in this moment, then it looks like my strength is just trash and I need to get stronger. And I need to try even harder. And what am I doing? I put more pressure on myself. And and all the while, that is not what God said. See, if God never gave you more than you can handle and everything you can handle is in your own strength, then why do you need God? What do you need him for? Right? Why do you need God if you, if, you're, if you can handle everything and God's like, hey, I'm never going to give you more than, than you can handle? Then at the end of the day, basically what we're saying is, I don't need you. You just kind of set that limit and I'm good. What do I need you for? But that's not the case, right? The truth is God will allow us to have far more than we can handle so that he will teach us to depend on other believers, Right? But more importantly, he will teach us to depend on him and his own strength. You know, a lot of people will say things like this, too. I've heard this before, right? God may allow you to bend, but he's never going to allow you to break. Another lie. Another false belief. Listen, God loves it when his children are broken in front of him. He loves it. Why? Because we're coming to the end of our own strength. We recognize that we can't handle it on our own. We've exhausted every one of our own resources. And then we come to him and we're pleading for strength in humility. God loves when his children are broken in front of him saying, I need you. Right? Father, I need you. I don't need more of myself. I need need you. I, I need you to get me through this. I need you to help me through this. Let's look again at Moses one more time. Numbers chapter 11, and if you remember this story, Moses probably felt like some of you do right now, right? In Moses' situation, there was a sense of desperation. There was a sense of fear and helplessness and burning adequacy, right? He's probably thinking, I'm the leader that God chose. He spoke to me through a burning bush. I've already got these people out of Egypt. I should be able to handle everything on my own. God's not going to give me more than I can handle. Wrong, right? Moses probably felt like this. And what I want you to see is you can almost hear the panic in these words. Numbers chapter 11. He basically says, if this is how you're going to treat me, put me to death. I can't take it anymore. And in verse 16, the Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders. And I will take the spirit that is on you and put the spirit on them. They will do what? 
They will help you carry the burden of the people so that you will not what? You will not have to carry it alone. Because why? Because you're not designed to carry burdens all by yourself. You're not designed that way. God won't give you more than you can handle? Lie. That's a false belief. The truth is, again, God will oftentimes give you far more than you can handle. He will bless you with more than you can handle so that you will be broken in front of him. You will cry out to him, and you will rely on him and not yourself. Do we see how this works? This, this, this teaches us three things this morning if you're taking notes. Number one is this. Write this down. God allowing you to go through more than you can handle to, teaches us to reevaluate our priorities. God allowing you to go through more than you can handle teaches us to reevaluate our priorities in life. When you have so much on your plate and the mess hits the fan, you know what you have to do? You have to prioritize, don't you? No? Yes? Yeah, you do. Right? If you're at the end of the month, okay, and you only have X amount of money, but you have five bills and you can only pay four of them, what are you going to do? You're going to pay the most important ones first, aren't you? You're going to prioritize. And it's the same thing here, isn't it? You're going to prioritize. It's kind of like when you go to a buffet. Anybody ever been to a buffet before? When you go to a buffet, they kind of give you one of those plates that look big from a distance, but when you get up, they're actually kind of small. And when you get up there, right, they give you this plate, and you recognize and you realize you can't put everything on the plate and so your stomach is only so big, and so you have to do what if you're going to eat? you got to prioritize. You don't go to the salad, not unless you want to hang out. If you're, you're hanging out with me, you ain't going to the salad, right? Right? We're going straight to the meat, steak, lobster, shrimp, right? Those kind of buffets are the best, right? The ones that have the seafood. Those are, like, awesome. But you're going to the buffet, and you're prioritizing. Why? Because you can get a salad anywhere. Good piece of steak. Right? Good chicken. Those are a little harder to come by. So you're going to prioritize. Right? You're going to prioritize. And what you do is you prioritize the delicious delicacies first, don't you? Here's what I want you to think about. A lot of people think that they can do it on their own. And if you're here today and you think that you can do it on, on your own, there's a sad reality that you need to hear this morning. And that is that you can't do it on your own. You can't. At some point, God is going to allow you to have far more than you can handle, and you're going to break. And it's going to be God's will for you to break. It's going to be his will for you to break. What happens is when we get to those places where we're overwhelmed and we're stressed like that, when we get to those places, we have to say, these things are most important. This is what's most important. Right? If right now you're hurting because there's too much going on in your life, then what you need to do is you need to allow the Holy Spirit to help you reprioritize your life. Your priorities are probably out of whack, and you need the Holy Spirit's wisdom to help you prioritize what's going on. And maybe today you need to leave some things behind in this room. Some things need to be left behind. There's a classic story in Luke chapter 10 when Jesus visited the home of Mary and Martha, and they, they got confused. Well, one of them got confused. Martha, if you know her story, she thought that she could do it all. The perfect. She thought that she could have the house perfect. She thought she could have the, the house smelling good, have all the perfect dishes out and everything like that when everybody was coming over, when Jesus was coming over. And then she thought she could have it all done and then she would be able to spend time with Jesus. 
But what she did is she got overwhelmed. She freaked out like many of us because she was what? She was overwhelmed. She was overwhelmed. She was trying to do it all. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 41, Jesus speaks to her and says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and you're upset about what? Many things. Meaning, you're overwhelmed, girl. You're overwhelmed. Verse 42, but only, right, how many things is, need, is needed? Would you say it out loud? But only one thing, only one thing is needed. Mary, your sister, has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has prioritized. You got your priorities out of whack and you're overwhelmed because of it. You're suffering because of it. Look at your sister. She's an example to you. She prioritized the most important thing, which is me, and you are not. She is not. See, the blessing of God allowing you to have more than you can handle in your life is it brings you to this place where you have to ask this question, what is most important? What is most important? Is, is the most important thing, right, having money no. or a house or a job? No. It's not. It's not. Listen, just because you think that you can do it all doesn't mean that God has called you to do it all. Did you hear that? Just because some of you, and, and listen, I'm going to talk to the men here for just a second. I know there's ladies like this too, but I'm going to talk to the men. Men, I get it because we were raised to act like, hey, we can do it all. And we have to do it all. And we can never let anybody know that we can't do it all. So we have to act this way, we have to portray this way, but just because you think that you're strong enough to do it all doesn't mean God is telling you to do it all. God's not calling you to do it all. Maybe this morning if you've woken up with too much going on, maybe this morning you need to say rather instead of also. What does that mean? I should be either doing this or that, but not this and that. Does that make sense? A lot of us need to get rid of the word and today. You're not designed to carry everything. It's okay for you to say no. Did you know that? It's okay for you to say no at church. Right? For, I'm going to talk to you to say ministry leaders here for a moment. My ministry leaders, it's okay for you to say no, hey, I can't do that. It's okay. Because even in ministry, you're not designed to do it all. You're not. You're just not. I'm not designed to do it all. You're not designed to do it all. None of us are. You can say no. Because not everything in this world is more important than ministry. You might say, wait, what? Do you have a first ministry, which is your family? Right? we got to make sure that our priorities are lined up. That our priorities are lined up, right? Instead of adding more things to your to-do list, maybe this morning you need to add things to your to-don't list. Things need to come off your plate, right? There's too much, and if you try to do everything, you're going to miss the most important things. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for my church family. I don't want you to get to the end of your life and go, hey, I missed out on important things because I said yes to the wrong things. I said yes to everything, and so I missed out on good things in my life because I said yes to too much. You got to say no. You got to be able to say no. Saying no is one of the most liberating things you can do in your life. Did you know that? 
It's one of the most freeing things. Now, a lot of us, we sit there and we go, I can't say no, I can't say no, I can't. That's a problem you have, right? And you've got to deal with it and you've got to be able to say, you've got to have the courage, right? The, the, the split-second courage to be able to say no. How long, right, does it take for the word no to come out of your mouth? You can do it. You can do it. Right? Listen, if you're here today and you're overwhelmed by life, let the Holy Spirit lead you to change the things that he wants to change and he wants you to focus on. And let, let's let the gift giver help us learn down what's most, or help us learn what's most important. Help us lay down what needs to be laid down so that we can carry the most important things. Number two, the second thing this does, this gift of, of having more than we can handle, second thing it, it does is it teaches us to let something go. Again, a Moses, another time in Scripture, the guy, like many of us, he's, he's overwhelmed. And all these people, from morning till evening, they wanted his advice. So go to Exodus chapter 18. They wanted his advice. They wanted him to settle their arguments for them. They wanted him to give them counsel and direction. And his life was absolutely falling apart because he thinks he can do it all. Imagine Moses in this moment. Imagine if he's thinking... Surely I can do it all. God will, God will help me. Surely I can, I can deal with two million problems every single day. Right? Because every single person's got a problem. Every person's coming to Moses. They want him to deal with it. Four or five. Imagine dealing with two million problems. Right? We get overwhelmed with three, four, or five. This dude's dealing with millions of problems. Okay? But thank God for Jethro. Right? Because Jethro comes in, his father-in-law, he's got a good father-in-law, and he speaks up in Exodus chapter 18, verse 17, and says, Moses, what you're doing is not what? It's not good. It's not good. Right? Can we try that again? Moses, what you're doing is not what? Good. Maybe the Spirit of God is going to speak to some of you in the same way today. Maybe today he's going to talk to you and he's going to say, hey, what you're doing in your life is not good. It's not because it's sinful, outright sinful. It's because you're trying to do too much. And you're wearing yourself down for no reason maybe other than pride. Maybe God will speak to you that way. Maybe God will tell you, hey, you're being foolish. Maybe he will. You're being foolish, and you know what? God has surrounded you with other people, and maybe he's saying, let's let some other people share some of our burdens today. Right? You're only going to wear yourselves out. This thing is too heavy for you. You can't handle it alone. And so Jethro gives Moses some really good advice. He says, go find some godly men, some people whose word is good and can't be inhabited. Right? They're people of integrity. And have some of them oversee a thousand, have other, another group of them oversee hundreds, another group oversee fifties, another group oversee ten. In other words, let's spread some of these problems out. Right? We're going to give some things away to somebody else. Why? Because God did not design you to do it all on your own, Moses. God oftentimes gives you the blessing of more than you can handle to teach you to either get rid of something altogether or to give it away to somebody else to carry. Here's why. Listen. Because you were not designed to carry, and not every burden is yours. Not every problem is your problem. Just the, the reality. Now, some of you might seem like that might be cold. It's not cold. It's true. It's biblical. Not every problem is yours to deal with. Not every situation is yours that you have to step into, and I got to be the rescuer in this situation. You ain't the savior. 
That's liberating. That's okay that you're not the Savior, okay? Men, you're not the functional Savior of your family. Every problem is not your problem. Some problems are for somebody else to deal with. Some problems, right, some burdens are for somebody else to help carry, but maybe it's not you in this situation. We need wisdom and discernment in this, don't we? We need God to speak into our lives and say, hey, this one's not for you. Things for us. Right, but if we're not even listening to God, we'll never hear that. We're just going to assume that everything's for us. It came my way, it must be for me. No, no. Sometimes it's, hey, I love you, I'll pray for you, but that's, that's not for me to walk you through, you know, Somebody else can walk you through that. And that's okay. I'll never forget when I was in 10th grade, I was doing really bad in math. It was in algebra. And I was, listen, I've never, I've never been a math person. So some of you were like, you were in 10th grade in algebra? Yeah. And I wasn't, and I didn't do very good. My mom told me, I'll never forget, she told me she would get me a tutor so that I could pass math. But I was young, stupid, full of pride. Anybody else been there before? And I thought, I've never needed a tutor in my life. I will not get a tutor now. And so it came down to the final exam. The only way I was going to be able to pass my final exam is if I got a B or above. That's the only way I could pass algebra. I had to pass algebra by getting a B or above on my final exam. And so I'll never forget waiting around the mailbox for, you know, back then they sent your report cards. You guys... You guys got to get your grades on, on the computer. Our grades were not on a computer. Our grades were mailed to you, right? And you kind of grabbed it before your parent could get it so you could get a couple extra days before you got grounded. You know what I'm talking about? Um, and so, listen, I felt good after I took that test. I was like, I got this. I think I'm good, right? I think I got an A-, maybe a B plus. I think I did pretty good on this. And so one day I'm out there. Mailman pulls up, hands me the mail. I take the mail from him, and I... I'm ready to go rub this thing in my mom's face. I didn't need no tutor. Look at, what I, look, look at how, how great I did. And so I'm waiting for this report card to come. The report card comes. And it's a report card, all right. It's a card telling me I need to report to summer school. Because I failed my math class. I failed. And so I remember showing my mom that letter. Her sitting on the couch. And she says, bless your heart. She goes back to watching her little house on the Prairie TV show. Listen, it's time for us to let go of some things if we're overwhelmed with the circumstances of life. It's time for us to let go of some things. Right? Not just the physical pressures you might feel today, but maybe you need to share some emotional burdens too. Men, I'm talking to you. That's hard for a lot of us as men, right? That's hard for me because just like every other man, we always want to appear what? Strong. We want to appear strong. We don't want anyone to know when we're hurting. We don't want anyone to know when we're, being, when we're feeling overwhelmed. But did you know that you can't fully experience the glory of the presence of God as much as you can when you're with other believers apart from being on your own? It tells us when you experience the glory of God a whole lot more. Why? Because what does Scripture say? Scripture tells us whenever two or three are gathered in his name, what is he? He's there. He's there. Some of you are believing that God's not going to give you more than you can handle so you won't open up to other people. You're like, I can handle this. And God is just surrounding you with people who love you and care about you. The fact that you're in this room today says there's people around you who love you, who care about you, who will listen, who will share your burden with you. And this morning it's time for you to let some of your burdens go. 
It's time to let, let go of something to give it away to somebody else. The point is, we need to realize we weren't designed to carry every single burden. You're not designed to carry everything. And God has put other people in your life to help you. And that's what Moses did in verse 22 and 23 of Exodus 18. Here's what happened. He's handed some things off, and Jethro said what? That's going to make your load what? Lighter. Because they're going to do what? They're going to share it with you, and you're going to be able to stand the strain, and of all these people will go home satisfied. All these people are going to go home satisfied because they're not waiting around for you to deal with all their issues. Because you can't handle it all. Number three, if you're taking notes, give the situation to God. Let God take care of it. The challenge for a lot of us is that we want to believe that we can do it all, especially if somebody ever tells you you can't. Anybody else? Someone tells you you can't do something, you're like, watch me. Watch, right? We all have that. Listen, we're from Miami. We have that complex. Somebody says you can't, we're like, all right, we'll, we'll show the world. It's just how we roll here in the 305, right? It's how we, it's how we go. You can't do it. Yes, I can. I'll never forget this, this lady. My brother and I, we were, we were younger. I think my mom had sent us in there to go get some groceries or something. And we were coming out, and this older lady had two bags of groceries. And people had asked her. She was struggling with the groceries, and people had said, hey, can we, can we help you? Can we help? No, I don't need any help. She just yelled at people. No, I don't need any help. Well, she gets almost right to where the parking lot stops, starts. And she trips and she falls and she drops all the groceries all over the place. So people come and what do they try to do? Help her pick it. Don't touch my stuff! She's yelling at people. Don't touch it! All the while, this is somebody who desperately needed what? Help. Oh, she needed help so bad. For whatever reason, I don't know if it was pride, whatever was going on in this woman's life, she refused to accept help from anybody at any point, even when everything had already hit the, hit the floor. Everything came crashing down around her, and she still refused to get help. That's my fear for some of you. See, some of you, you're holding on, and God, people, I'm providing somebody who's going to help you. There's people who are in Bible study right next to you who will help you. People here at church who will pray for you. And you're sitting there going, no, I can hold it. Nope, I can hold it. Nope, I can hold it. And God's saying, okay, now it's going to come crashing down. I provided. I gave you. I showed you. You rejected every time. Now, Listen. If you try to do things in your own strength, I think that's the lesson the Father's teaching us this morning. He's saying, don't be surprised when everything comes crashing down and you say, Father, where are you? I need you. At that point, it's too late. Everything's already crashed. Now, he's going to step in and he'll help you clean it up, but it's too late because everything already crashed. And now you're going to deal with whatever the, out, the outfall and the consequences of that are. Because it's too late. Are you with me? So what are you holding on to right now? I, here's what I know. I know God, God doesn't bring people to church by accident. Like he had a word for you today, and this is what he's telling us. And so I know there's multiple people in this room, multiple people because I know that I've talked to some of you so I know what you're going through. I already know that. Number, and then there's other people, right, who are here that I, maybe I don't know what you're going through, but God knows and God brought you here to hear this because he's talking to you today. What are you holding on to right now that if God says, if you would just let you hold go of that, I'll carry it for you. I will carry that thing for you. What are you holding on to right now because you're believing this false belief that so many other people believe that God's never going to give you more than you can handle? 
What if God has given you more than you can handle so that you'll learn to trust in his greatness? Not your greatness. His. His strength. Now, the question is, how do we do this, right? Because let's start wrapping this up. How do we give something away to God? Because some of you are like, okay, that makes sense. Give it to God. Now, how do I give it to God? Well, Psalm 55 verse 22 tells us that we're to cast our cares on the Lord. And what's the promise? He'll sustain you. Meaning, put those problems on God and God says, I will carry you. Not only will I carry that, I'm going to carry you. I'm going to sustain you. The Hebrew word that's translated there as cast is the, the word shalak, and it means to cast, right? It means to, to hurl. It means to throw something, right, on a pile. And so if you have a burden, if you've got something more than you can handle, then what God is saying, give it away to me right now. Give it away from me. Give it away to me. Let God take it. Why do we let God take it? Because God wants to take it, doesn't he? God wants to take it. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you is what it also says in scripture. God cares for you and he will sustain you. I love the story of the apostle Paul in the New Testament when he actually had too much on his plate. Some of you are like, the apostle Paul? Yeah. Even the apostle Paul was overwhelmed. Right? You can read his story in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And we know that he had a thorn in his side. Apostle Paul had a thorn in his side. Now, not a, a real thorn. Okay, a metaphorical uh, thorn in his side. And we're not sure exactly what this, what this thorn was. Scholars debate one way or another. I'm not even going to say what, what, what they say because it's kind of pointless. All we do know is that whatever was going on in the Apostle Paul's life, he begged God three different times to take this thing away from him. He pleaded with God, please take this thing away from me. In chapter 12, verse 9 of 2 Corinthians, God said to him, my grace is what? Would you say it out loud? My grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in weakness. The power of God is made perfect when you come to the end of your own strength and you realize, I'm weak. I'm weak. Man, you're weak too. I love you, but you're weak, and I'm weak. Now, some of you, right, because we are from Miami, when someone calls you weak, it's fighting words. It's not. It's just a reality, right? We, we are weak. We are weak. Satan wants you to believe that you're strong and you don't need God. Satan wants you to believe today, just pull yourself up by your bootstrap. You don't need God. God's got other things to handle. He's got other bigger problems to deal with. You know, there's people who are starving across the world. He doesn't have time for you. Yes, he does. Whatever your, whatever your care or your cause for concern is, God's sitting there going, I got all the time in the world for you. I'll spend the whole day with you if you want. You ever had a good friend who will drop everything and, do, and just spend the whole day with you? God is like that at any moment. Up at 3 o'clock, call me. You need me now? Let's talk. This is who our God is. Right? The truth is that God will oftentimes allow you to have far more than you can handle to break your pride so that you will depend and you will trust in him. Thomas Manton once said that sickness is God's, God's messenger to come and meet with him. Like if you're battling any type of illness or sickness in your life, his, his thought was that that was God saying, talk to me. It's an invitation. It's not a punishment. It's God saying, let's spend some time together. Now that's the kind of punishment where, where the invitation we go, I don't know if I want that one. But at the end of the day, it's the grace of God saying, I want to spend time with you. Talk to me. 
And maybe God has to send something your way to get your attention so that you'll finally wake up to talk to him. Pressure could be. You know, sometimes many of us, us pray for God to remove pressures that we have closing in on us. You ever been there? Felt like the world was just closing in on you? And we're saying, God, please take this away from me. God, please, I can't breathe. God, this is too heavy. God, I can't take this anymore. It's crushing me. And oftentimes God's way of answering that prayer is not by taking that thing away. So how does he answer the prayer? He answers the prayer by adding his strength to you so that you can persevere through it. You come to him as you're weak, and God says, I got the strength that you need. I'll get you through it. You depend on me, and I'll walk you through this. I used to think this with everything in me. Can I just tell you that? I used to think I had to be strong for my wife. I had to be strong for my kids. I had to be strong for my church. I had to be strong for my friends. Let me just tell you something. That's a lie. I don't have to be strong for you, and I don't have to be strong for her, and I don't have to be strong for my boys. Because I'm weak. I am weak. I'm okay. I'm, I'm all right to admit that. Right? I'm actually weak. See, what I have to be, if I want the blessing of God, if I want the presence of God, if I want the grace of God, if I want God's strength, is I have to be broken. I have to be humble. I can't sit there and pretend and act one way in front of my wife and in front of you and in front of my kids. Strong. Come to God and go, oh, yeah, but really, I, I, I am really humble. But in front of everybody else, I acted like I was strong. That's not how that works. God's watching. God ain't fooled. We sit there and we go, when somebody asks you how you doing and you're like, I'm good. And inside you're crushed. God is sitting there saying, stop lying. You want my blessing? You want my favor? You want my strength to get through that? Don't lie. Tell the truth. I'm hurting. It's okay for you to do that, especially here. Now maybe out in the world, they don't know how to deal with that. But in here, you know what we know how to do? Someone says, I'm hurting. We go, let's go to God. Let's go. Let's talk to the Lord. Oh, you, you told me? You know what that means? I know one thing I got to do. Let's get on our knees and let's talk to Jesus. Let's talk to God about this problem. Let's take it to where it's supposed to go. Some of you this morning, you may come at the end of the day, you may say, God, thank you for giving me more than I can handle. Because maybe I didn't realize just how much I needed you. Just how much I was trying to do things in my own strength. And God, I need to start resting in your, your strength. There's an old saying, and the old saying says, if you look at yourself, you'll be distressed. If you look at others, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Jesus, you'll be at rest. I heard this, and I think this is a powerful statement. This right here, I think this is just going to make us better. It'll do for you, but what it did for me. God will use bitter circumstances to make us better Christians. God will use a bitter circumstance to make you a better Christian, a better follower of his. Now, I don't know where that comes from, who originated that thought. But let me just tell you, I believe that's profound, that God will take the bitter to make you better. Listen, whatever you're facing today, it may be overwhelming, and I get that. Some of you really are going through overwhelming things. Young people, you can go through overwhelming things. Adults, parents. It doesn't matter who you are, we can go through overwhelming things. Just because it may not be overwhelming to somebody else doesn't mean it's not overwhelming to you. And it could be overwhelming to you. However big that problem may feel today, remember that. However big that problem is, remember that that problem is not bigger than the providence of God. It is not bigger than God's providence. 
One scholar said it best. He said, we may face situations beyond our reserves, but never beyond God's resources. Never. So why do we come to God? Because God has all the answers. God has all the strength. God has all the grace. God has all the mercy. Anything you need, God's got it. That's why we come to God. I don't have it. So me pulling myself up by my bootstraps, I'm just going to fall again. If I even make it up by my bootstraps. I'll end with this story. There was a story of the Christian martyr Thomas Hawker in England in 1555. And it illustrates the sufficiency of the grace of God in the hour of need. Thomas Hawker was a bright, well-favored, good-looking young man. He wouldn't deny his relationship with Jesus. And for that, he was going to be sentenced to being burned at the stake. So one day his friend came to see him, and he whispered to him so the guards wouldn't hear. He said, Thomas, Thomas, i got to ask you a favor. Thomas, I need to know if what they say about the grace of God is really true. Tomorrow, Thomas, when they burn you at the stake, if the pain is tolerable and your mind is still at peace, lift your hands above your head. Do it right before you die. Thomas, I have to know if the grace of God is real. Thomas said, I will. So on the day of the execution, the crowd, everyone there is just kind of talking and wondering what's going to happen with Thomas. They've heard what's going to happen, what's going to happen. And Thomas is being chained to the stake and he speaks with grace even to the people who are lighting a fire and placing wood around him. Thomas, he closes his eyes and the fire is kindled. Thomas continues to preach to the people who are around him, but the flames start to become too much and he can't preach anymore and he stops talking. The fire burned for a long time and Thomas Hawker was motionless, didn't move. His skin was burnt to a crisp. His fingers were now gone. Everybody who was watching thought that he was dead. Suddenly, miraculously, Hawker lifts his hands, still on fire, over his head. He reached them up to the living God. With great rejoicing, he claps. One, two, three. And everybody in the, who was watching, everybody in the crowd rejoiced and praised God. Why? Because that man who had asked him, his friend who had come to him, he had his answer, didn't he? Is the grace of God real? Yeah, the grace of God is real. Is the mercy of God real? Yeah, it's real. Oh, it's absolutely real. You know, oftentimes we can get frustrated over even the smallest little trivial thing. And oftentimes when it's the smallest little thing, you're getting just overwhelmed by that thing. It's because there's a lot of other things that are overwhelming you. And it's God's way of saying, let's get rid of some things. you got too much. going to fall too much on your plate. Something's got to come off. Because otherwise what's going to happen? Things are just going to fall on the floor and everything's going to break. And so this morning, we need to look at Thomas Hawker's example of God's sufficient grace for us, don't we? Stop trying to be so strong and start being weak. That's who God invites you to be in front of him, is weak. Because then you can be made strong in his strength. I'm going to pray. But as before I pray, I want to ask our, our prayer team to come.
Now, let me just tell you something, New Beginnings. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Now, this is a pastoral word for you, okay? Last week, we invited you to come pray, to celebrate or to, right, to pray for things that you got in your life, maybe healing, or you know someone who needs healing, and not very many people moved. And that tells me one of two things. Either we got a lot of prideful people in this room, which I pray not because God will break that from us. Or you either had nothing good going on in your life or you had nothing worth approaching the throne about of God at all. It's one of those two. May it not be so today. Because I know, I know, friends, I know the Lord brought you here today for a reason. Some of you need to get up out of your seat, come get prayed for this morning. My knees with you, burden is somebody, these people who are standing here saying, hey, I'll pray with you. I'll get on my knees with you. I'll take that to the throne for you. Whatever you want to do, let's pray. Let's talk to God about this. What a blessing it is to have a church family that says that they love you and they'll pray for you. Amen? So this morning, hey, whatever you got, you got marriage problems today, you get prayed for. Come on. You got kid problems? Man, if you got kids, you got kid problems, right? Let's pray about our problems, right? You got something good happened at your job this week, something good happened in your life this week. Can we praise God for it together? Can we celebrate wins together? Let's do that today. So if you need prayer, you come to somebody who's standing here, up here in the front. You come get prayed for this morning. Let's talk to the Lord. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for, for how you do love us. Lord, we thank you for your mighty word that reveals your truth to us. Lord, your, your word tells us where, what's going on in our life. Sometimes you send things our way to get our attention, whether it be sickness or trial or hardship, uh, relational problems, whatever it might be. It's always an invitation, Lord, for us to meet with you, to spend time with you. So, God, right now, would you move in our church? Lord, I pray that you would lead people who need to be prayed for to come get prayed for. Who are, Lord, destroy that pride in our lives that gets us to think that we don't need to be prayed for. Who are we that we don't need to be prayed for? None of us is so strong that we don't need prayer. None of us is so, so amazing that we can't celebrate our wins in life with other people too. God, if we have a spirit of pride in this church, Lord, I'm going to pray that you would break it this morning so that you don't have to break it in a harder way some other time. Lord, remove any spirits of pride here. Lord, give us strength and mercy today to be able to walk, to get prayed for, to be encouraged. Lord, I pray as we're praying to you, Lord, you would give us your peace that surpasses all understanding. Your peace is incredible. Lord, we know that it's a measure of your grace that we're even going to be able to be prayed for and our name's going to be mentioned before the God who created this universe We know that it's your grace, but, Lord, we also need your peace to fill that void as we're letting things down. Lord, I pray pray that it would be filled with your peace. Lord, help us to remember the, the promise that you gave that you'll never leave, you'll never forsake. You are with us. That, Lord, we can come to the altar, as we sang earlier, and I think we're going to sing here in a moment. Lord, we can come to the altar. Lord, your arms are open wide. Your arms are open wide for your children to come to you, to receive their problems at your feet. So, Lord, help us, humble us, grow us, and change us into your likeness, Jesus. It's in your name we pray and we ask these things. Amen.